Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, deadites, and friends till the end. It's Michael Ravenswood Rothman. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest installment of Fortune and Glory, our limited series sidecast exploring the adventures of Indiana Jones ahead of the Dial of Destiny. This past month, the boys chose wisely and hit up The Last Crusade. So how do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there so we can give you one more scare or another adventure. This production went so smooth. There really wasn't a lot of like turbulence as as, as there was with the first two films and making them. So... The production history on this is just pretty clean. Mike, I think, has a little bit more to add here, so go, I'm going to throw it over to Mike. Well, I was just going to say, it's it's clear that the tumultion was really more of just the conception of the story. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. because, I mean, just look at, I mean, there's, this is a little complex here, but like, just look at where everyone is at this point in the late 80s. And it's almost like, it's it's a little bit like season three of Stranger Things because in Stranger Things oh you have Will uh, who wants to just still play D and D and everyone else has moved on to other things and they're growing up and I feel like that's Lucas in this situation and when you look at some of the ideas that Lucas is bringing to the table all of which you've outlined earlier on they are looking at Indiana Jones as being the Indiana Jones that we knew in Temple of Doom where he's going to go mm-hmm. on these wild B adventures there's going to be some insane storytelling that's at hand we're going to still lean into the 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 farcical the craziness that pretty much inform most of the movies that these these films are commenting on from you know Mm -hmm. the 40s and 30s serials but on the other hand you have spielberg who is pretty much graduated from that era he's you know he's done the color purple he's done you know empire of the sun and then on the same time Harrison Ford's kind of moved on from that too. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's done his serious films. He's done witness. He's done the mosquito coast. He's gotten into, you know, I mean, at this point he's done working girl. So he's moving on to in frantic he's done. So he's certainly moved on to, to more serious fare. And I think that is why last crusade is last crusade. And it's not the monkey King and it's not haunted castle. And I think there is a part of me, and, uh, you know, that always in, thinks about the what if of what this franchise could have been if they actually did the five movies in the 80s or maybe in the 90s and you had the Monkey King there, maybe you had the hot, the, the, the Scotland Castle and then you get the Crusade later. But I think it's pretty telling that, you know, when you're looking at the production history, everything was smooth, everything was great because, yeah, the, the, the wheels were greased there. But when you look at the, the creation and the development of it that starts in like, you know, 84, 85, leads up to 87, it really speaks to just the minds of where they were and how yeah. at this point, it's not so much Lucas dictating what's happening anymore, but Spielberg. And that's kind of telling. That's that's crazy 180 from where this started. So, so check this out. So George Lucas... He wanted the grail idea in Mm -hmm. from like very early on and he could not get it to work. Spielberg was not interested in that. It wasn't until Spielberg was kind of like, what if his dad's there? So he brought in the dad, the dad environment and that it wasn't as much. And I think this is why this movie works so well. It wasn't as much the quest for the grail, but the quest between the relationship, like 
between the father and the son. And I think that's something much more interesting to Spielberg is bringing that human element into it. And then, and also Harrison Ford is always trying to do roles and not do the same thing. I think this is a way to make this singular and not feel like the first two Indiana Jones films where you're exploring another side of the character. So I think that's why they kind of all were like, you know what? Yeah, this works. And George is happy. And again, George is happy because he he gets to have the grail in there. And I think that's why Bohm, when he was writing that script and he brought those elements together and was able to fuse and be like, look, this, this can work. These, these two movies can work as one. I think they kind of were like, this is the guy, this is, this is the version of the script. And here we go. Well, to me, the first movie is about seeking out the lost Ark. The second movie is about the temple of doom, but the third movie is about Indiana Jones and his father. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think about. I don't think about the MacGuffin. I think about that as what I think about the third movie. Well, and mm-hmm. I think that's why it was so hard to continue the series. And it still continues to be so hard to continue the series because, and I think I mentioned this in maybe Raiders or in Temple, but it's like, you do this movie, it's over. I mean, it. where do you go from here? Like this is, yeah. you're, you've literally chipped the veneer of Indiana Jones and you're exploring who he is as a person. And all the themes do culminate in the end here. And, and I think that was certainly the intention of Spielberg. And I think that, there is a part of Lucas that probably didn't want that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why he was, I mean, most of the quotes he talks talking about this movie is like how he's trying to buck the sentimentality, but like that is just not where Spielberg was at anymore. Yeah. Like Spielberg and, wanted and to think do this about this thing. too. At the time, you know, you didn't have franchises going five, six, seven, exactly, eight, yeah. ten movies like fast, like the fast films. <laughs> I feel like, and, and you weren't, they weren't churning these things out every year, every two years. So as a filmmaker and as an artist, I I have to imagine they were like, well, we really want to do this. We signed up for three, Mm -hmm. like product, like, like obligation, like contract wise, we've got to do this, but also like, let's end it on a great note and let's keep moving on and making new films and making things we're more interested in doing. But now if these movies were coming out now, you better believe they would have been like contractually obligated to do like at least five films. It would have been, Every couple of years, we'd get one of these, and it would have. And I think that they would have leaned more on George's idea and kind of what we were talking about in Temple, where you could just kind of have Temple of Doom esque stories. Yes, for the yeah. first four or five or six, and then you do this movie at the end, which I would so, have loved. I mean, yeah. but th- at the same time, you know, when you got a product that's as good as this, hey, I'll take it. I mean, I, I wanted to throw this out there. Just watching it last night. And thinking about the intricacies of this storytelling, I mean, just when you really think of like where it starts and where it ends, it's fucking wild. And then you actually think about just all the bells and whistles that are tied into it. And especially the dialogue. I keep thinking about Bohm's dialogue because this really does feel like a lethal weapon movie at times between Connery and, and Ford, just in the way mm-hmm. that they... It's a buddy movie. It's a buddy it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, the way that they get out of situations, the way they get into situations, it's very akin to like those first, those early, especially Lethal 2 and, and, and 1, especially Lethal 2, really. But is this the best script of the series when you really think about just everything that goes into this? Here's what I can say about that, and I've been thinking about this a lot when I was think, just going back and revisiting the famous quotes from this movie is that it's so efficient. Mm-hmm. Like, there yeah. are no true blue monologues in this movie. It's all just dialogue, people talking to one another back and forth. You know, there's some exposition, obviously, but it's not... It's there because it has to be there. It has to yeah. propel the story forward. I don't feel any of it gets redundant or anything after a while. 
But there are, there are just words in this movie that I remember, which I'll be sharing later on. And yeah, Mike, I think that's a, that's a good argument that this could be the best script. I think Raiders is the best movie for many yeah, I reasons. Agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, the dialogue of this movie is my favorite dialogue of, of the trilogy, of any of the Indian movies at this point. 